Hello! Do we sound different? I can't tell. I can't either. Because <laughs> I just hear your voice. Oh, well. Do I sound different? Mm, you are speaking through a spit guard. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. is that a DSer? It's, <laughs> it's a pop filter. That's the DSer, by which I mean <laughs> I'm pointing to you. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> Welcome to X-Rated. We are two guys that used to date, and now we don't. No, not anymore. Not anymore. That, that's in the past. L- like, a serious, like, good chunk of, like, our past ago. Yeah. <laughs> like a decade. Yes. Uh, like, literally a decade. But now we get together and talk about movies. Yeah. Once a week. Yes. Every week. We, we've done this podcast longer than we dated. <laughs> By a long shot. <laughs> considerable amount of time i was gonna say i don't think i've ever hung out with you in the summer before (laughs) this podcast (laughs) you got a glimpse at me at the daylight past 8 p.m you're like wow (laughs) it's like seeing matt for the first time (laughs) magic hour is doing you some favors there does everybody favors oh yeah uh what's going on uh nothing much i was shopping for a white elephant gift earlier okay and th- those are hard because right. you want something that people will want but there's like a price limit and you don't necessarily know the crowd right 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 no gag gifts oh is that a thing yeah some people you know will just get you like garbage and put it in a bottle <laughs> that's kind of what i do <laughs> try to find something i'm trying to get rid of <laughs> so so no ryan's <laughs> The, the rules are it has to be around $20, okay. $20 or less, I guess. And it has to be something that someone would actually want. Mm-hmm. And I take a lot of pride. You know, one year I got a uh, Betty White monthly calendar, oh, uh, which I was very proud of. Uh, people fought over it as they, you know, as you do in White Elephants. Right. Was she dressed up as Baby New Year for January? <laughs> I don't remember because it was still like shrink wrap. Oh, I so see. I couldn't okay. flip flip okay. through it but so i was walking around today just in my neck of the woods trying to find stuff uh-huh. there was two things and i want to write by you see which you would want okay one is a smartphone projector oh like you just put your smartphone in a little thing and like turn off the lights and as long as you have like a big flat white wall it projects the image like 10 times the size or something onto uh-huh. the wall okay and i was like that's kind of cool less than 20 dollars it was 30, but, you oh, know, okay. whatever. You can haggle that down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Urban Outfit is big on bartering. <laughs> it's a new business model. <laughs> they manufacture Edge, and you can barter at the counter <laughs> with their minimum wage employees. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, we have a high minimum wage here. Yeah, but geez. <laughs> I would be the worst at that. I would just, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Whatever you offer me is fine. I mean, unless you made a commission. Yeah. So, but I'm a terrible salesperson anyway. <laughs> you want this? No. Well, good luck next time. Your loss. <laughs> and then you just like put a closed sign. Bye. <laughs> That's I trick them. I make them think I'm not interested when I really am. Uh, you play the long con. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I barter. <laughs> Meanwhile, they walk next door yeah. and buy it at the sticker price. <laughs> Oh, he'll be back. <laughs> so, so is that? That's option one. <laughs> so is that or cat bingo? <laughs> like different types of cats, different or... cat pictures, 
that I mean I don't know if it's like when you pull the ball out of the little shoot thing you're like brown tabby <laughs> or like I don't know if it actually says the type of cat or if you just have to look at it and be like this uh torty you know <laughs> what if it's just names of cats like uh, Mr. Whiskers, Whiskers. <laughs> but everyone has pictures on there so yeah. they have to figure out which one looks like a Mr. Whiskers fluffy dumpkins <laughs> fluffy dumpkins <laughs> The judge, someone yells bingo, the judge comes over and is like, mm, that doesn't look like a fluffy dumpkins to me. <laughs> That's clearly a... A Mr. Bojangles. Yeah. <laughs> I would be thrilled either way. They both sound really great. Yeah? As far as white elephant gifts go, gosh, I would say if you want to go more for like, you want people to be fighting over it, yeah. go for the projector. Oh, okay. People are going to fight over that. Okay. I think cat bingo is going to either go immediately to the person that wanted it. Yeah. Or is going to get stolen one time by a person <laughs> who's like, oh my God, I want cat bingo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's my theory. Okay. That. But uh, people will remember cat bingo. Yeah. <laughs> they might not fight over it like the projector, but they're going to remember that one. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You're always a good source of uh, advice. I'll send you my invoice. <laughs> So did you watch cool. anything this week? I did. I watched a couple things. Um, finally got around to watching Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, good. It's all those notes I want. <laughs> I didn't really know anything about Wonder Woman going into it. So like, it was a good intro, I suppose. Mm. Like My only complaint with the movie? No invisible plane. Not yet. <laughs> but <laughs> You've, they had you... crummy planes. It was like World War One, right? So... Yeah. yeah in the sequel she's getting one yeah you think so yeah she's gotta i didn't stay for the stinger maybe that was there like... wasn't one. Oh, okay yeah i was i thought that was what the stinger was gonna be like they're gonna be like and here's your new plane and there's nothing there but uh no i also watched burden of dreams oh okay the, yeah the documentary about the making of Fitzcarraldo. had you not seen it before i hadn't no oh and i'm gonna admit i uh fell asleep when i watched Fitzcarraldo 100 years ago so i didn't see the whole thing but oh you didn't wake up and finish it i i saw when they moved the boat so <laughs> i woke up in time for that uh i think the documentary is is was really great oh it's and it's like 88 minutes yeah uh and it kind of gives you you know the gist of the movie and you've mentioned in the past that I think it was on the Stage Fright episode, you said, I don't know where I got this idea, but I just have this idea that directors will do anything for their production at, <laughs> and spare no, no you know, worry about the actors. I think it's from this documentary. <laughs> he clearly doesn't seem to give a shit. <laughs> like, there's one thing that's important to him, and that's making the movie. Anyway, totally worth watching. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great documentary. I watched an old Buster Keaton movie this weekend. Oh, shit. Steamboat Bill Jr., Nothing says comedy to me like an effeminate weak son and his rough and grumble dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's what the premise is. Steamboat Bill, spoiler alert, <laughs> captains a steamboat. Oh, okay. And his uh, sort of dandy of a son, played by Buster Keaton. Oh, God. Comes back from, like, finishing school in Boston, <laughs> making his debut down on the Mississippi. Uh-huh. Needless to say, he is ill-equipped to run a steamboat or the uh, hardships of, you know, 
maritime entertainment. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> and it's kind of slow. I mean, it's a silent film. Right. But there's a hurricane scene at the end that is bananas. Oh, yeah? And it lasts for like 15 minutes. Wow. And I'm watching, I'm like, how did they do this? Like, whole houses are being lifted into the air and <laughs> crashing down on Buster Keaton. And then he like walks out like the front door of like a shattered home. What? And I'm like, how did they do this? Cool. Like, yeah. What was it? 30, probably 20 something? Uh, 1928. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, right before the Depression. Oh, okay. Buster Keaton's or... Uh... America's uh, kind of. I guess Buster Keaton was uh, alcoholic for many, many years. Mm, mm-hmm. So uh, when 1929 came around and they started making talkies, uh, he did not adapt well. That was not his uh, brand of comedy. Mm. Did uh, he have a weird voice? He had sort of a grumbly voice. Oh, he kind of sounded like he smoked and drank a whole bunch. But he was just you know physical comedy. Yeah. You know, finding funny ways to fall down and stuff. What if uh? <laughs> Yeah, he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't do the physical comedy because his the the sounds he was making as he was doing it wouldn't work. Like, whoops, a <laughs> <laughs> boing. <laughs> That's what he would say, and it was like, this isn't working, Buster. Yeah, you haven't seen Singing in the Rain, have you? No. <laughs> Which is about silent movie stars as they transition into talkies. Oh, okay. And how <laughs> ill-equipped they are. <laughs> Gosh, I should watch that. Maybe coming up. We'll I see. believe it's on the AFI Top 100, if mm. you're curious. Mm. Put a pin in that, listener. So for this week, Ryan's pick was... Uh, Pornography. Real <laughs> slow burn pornography. Just like the good Lord intended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I chose the 2013 thriller Stranger by the Lake. Otherwise known as the movie that made me realize I would fuck a serial killer. <laughs> otherwise known as What We Ignore to Get Laid. <laughs> You know how movies, some of them really capture, like, a mood or, like, a specific emotion or feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie really captures that feeling when a murderer is filleting you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just, uh, I've seen that a lot. I mean, we've seen that a lot in movies, but this one (laughs) really... Old hat, really, but... (laughs) This one really captures what it feels like. (laughs) Just when a killer's going down on you. (laughs) Yeah, or, you know, riding your dick till climax at sunset. <laughs> uh, gorgeous movie. Yeah. Right at the beginning, when Frank, 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 yeah, is when he hops in the water, and, like, someone says, oh, the water's nice today. I'm like, that water does look nice today. Yeah, 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 yeah. The cinematography in general in this movie is really beautiful. Yeah. Like, kind of across the board. Yeah, definitely. Very um, naturalistic. <clears throat> Although there is some scenes that are really dark. Like the last scene? Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, man, you gotta be, you can't watch this movie during the day. It doesn't really work. Well, luckily we're, like, in the dead of winter. It yeah. was, like, snowing and nighttime out at about 4 p.m. yesterday when I watched this. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> 
so I guess uh, we should talk about the premise a little bit. This movie is about a cruising spot slash nude beach. We're following around Frank. It's a, it, it's an open air bathhouse essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank's our protagonist. He f- kind of falls in love with this one dude, uh, or lust. Yeah, let's say lust. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that one dude turns out to be a murderer. And that's not a spoiler. That's in the first act. So we get to see the murder. Uh, before we go too far, I would like to emphasize the extreme attractiveness of our main players. Yes. Frank, Frank is sort of the epitome of a twink. Not young, necessarily. Age indetermined. Yeah. But definitely fits that body type. Yeah. Walking around in his little jean shorts. Or nothing at all. Or nothing at all. Oh, yeah, I this, should say. We hit the jackpot in, in nude nude men with this movie. More dongs than you can shake a tallywhacker at. Just like, bam, 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 bam. It's just full of them. I mean, they're not all, you know, ones you take home to mother, no. but. It's sort of accurate, though. I don't know if you've ever been to a nude beach, but then you show up and you, you kind of hope everyone's going to be super hot, but it's like a very small percentage of people are actually kind of hot. Well, we actually have a nude beach in Seattle. Uh, We've both gone, not together, uh, but we both had very different experiences at the nude beach. Oh, what was your experience? Uh, Well, I went and I was like, I'm not going to get naked. Like, I have too many, like, body complex issues to, Uh like, be naked. Like, I don't even wear... Uh, tank tops. Fair enough. So okay. the idea of getting naked at, at a beach, I was like, no, nah, that's too much. But then when I got there, I was like, I'm going to just do it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be that person. Yeah. Uh, and I did. And I was like, nobody cared that I got naked. Nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is actually kind of nice. A, the beach was really chill. Yeah. Like, even though, like, A, you could smell weed in the air. But B, there was like families there. Like, there was definitely kids running around. Oh, wow. And yeah, no, but even like the kids were kind of chill. Like everyone kind of seemed to just know that this is, you know, a place to chill out. Yeah. I love being naked. So <laughs> like the idea of a nude beach is great. And uh, I've gone a couple times and it took me a little while to build up the courage, though. The time that I did it for the very first time where I was like, I'm riding my bike there. I'm only wearing shorts. So I have to. Like, I don't have like a swimsuit on underneath or something. I was like, I have to get naked. And I got there, and I ran into a bunch of friends who weren't naked. But I uh, I powered through and said, I don't care. I came here to get naked, damn it. And so I did. And um, it was fine. They didn't really care either. Yeah. Even though they were clothed. Yeah. And no one's mentioned it since. <laughs> there was a total lack of sodomy when I was there, though. <laughs> the nude beach in Stranger by the Lake is it's sort of a wide terrain of things, like you can swim across the lake to a different part of the nude beach. Right. So it, it's sort of its own little environment. Yeah. There's like a, so like there's the beach and then there's like the woods where the cruising goes on. Mm-hmm. And then a little further up apparently is where even more fucking bedding, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, goes on too. Um, and it's just sort of like this free from society's rules place. Yeah. Anyway. Well, because. <laughs> I thought about it uh, uh, after the the murder happens. Mm-hmm. You know, someone goes missing, and there's the detective that starts snooping around. Right. A, that detective did not take a single note. <laughs> I thought about that. He had no notepad. I was like, I don't know. I feel like detectives at least <laughs> write stuff down. Yeah. I'm no detective, and I'm certainly not a French detective. But, you know, 
Hercule Poirot always seemed to to take notes. Yeah. He also didn't have a partner. You know what I mean? Like, aren't you supposed to be a detective with a partner? I don't know. Like to catch things that you might miss. Let's see. I'm trying to think of things. You know, like Law and Order or yeah. Seven or yeah. I don't know. Prime Suspect. She didn't have a. Well, sometimes she did have a partner on Prime Suspect. Yeah. Maybe France is different. Yeah. But so let's talk for just a sec about the murder scene because for me it's sort of like the crux of what makes this movie really great. Okay. Because uh, it's a oneer. It's a really long oneer. The person. You see, they're like out in the lake. It's the killer dude and his other boy who gets named later. Mm-hmm. Um, gets yeah. You don't find out anyone's name till like almost the very end of the movie. Yeah, so it's like, who is the stranger? Yeah, kind of fun. But uh, he he drowns the guy out in the lake as our main protagonist Franck witnesses it, and it starts out. You see Franck watching them kind of frolic, and then there's a cut. And then it cuts back, and then that's when the oneer happens. And it's a long oneer. It's like four minutes of the guy getting drowned, and then our killer swimming back to shore, getting dressed, and then walking away. But it's it's funny because it's like it kind of plays with POV shots because mm, it mm-hmm. seems like we're seeing what Frank is seeing. Yeah. But it also kind of feels detached, and it kind of switches to a more like objective slash directory viewpoint yeah i mean there's a couple times in the movie where it's like someone will like look across the beach and it's like that's pov but then when you're actually just sort of seeing actions detached from the character themselves there's not a huge change yeah so there's sort of a, a blurred distinction between what's just action happening that the audience is seeing and what is what are the characters seeing right yeah and it it plays with it throughout the movie like you kind of don't know. Yeah. There are definitely times when like characters look directly at the camera. It's sort of a repeated thing that happens. Like whenever Frank shows up at the beach, you know, there's like always everyone kind of turns to check out like, who's the guy who just showed up kind of thing, but they look directly at the camera. I mean, I I know when I go to a bar, I sit like in direct view of the entrance. Yeah. Uh, for that very reason. Yeah. So you can just look up and, uh, I don't know. And it, so, like, you know, that just, like, brings in the question, like, what is being a viewer or a voyeur? What is it to be looked at and what is it to be seen? Sure. Because there is the voyeur. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> and people are always shooing him away. Yeah. Like, even though you're having sex in public, they're like, I don't want to be watched right now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a... And he's he's totally cool with that. Sort of. It's like, hey, Eric. Not right now. We're not fucking now. Come come watch us when we're yeah, doing that. We're having a serious conversation naked in the woods in this cruising spot. <laughs> come back in 20. Buzz off, yeah. Uh, and he always just goes, okay. Yeah. And then walks away. He pulls up his pants yeah. or takes his hand out of his pants. Yeah. Takes off. But, you know, so he's sort of like, you know, Eric the Lurker Jerker is also sort of a another <laughs> way of thinking about what is voyeurism and what is watching you know i wanted to look up because i know that you know in seattle there's zoning laws concerning you know if you're if it's a strip club it can only be within so many feet of a school or something like that right but i know that steamworks is pretty close to a school so for some reason i guess uh bathhouses are exempt from these zoning yeah club z is like next door to the seattle school (laughs) so what do you have to go through to get a zoning thing on a bathhouse? Like, I, I get maybe there's just not like. <laughs> what do you apply for at the city? I mean, the, the city bathhouses are 
really in very public spots. Yeah. They're like in the heart of Capitol Hill. Is it like a hotel license? Like, what are you running exactly? <laughs> oh, yeah. A I don't gym? Know. <laughs> I don't know what you'd call that. Gentleman's Club? Yeah, I guess it's a club, kind of. I mean, I suppose women can go in, but... Well, there's that guy at the beginning of this movie that uh, is like, where are the horny ladies at? Yeah. And he's like, I think you have the wrong beach. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You obviously don't come here enough. And it's like, mm, Frank seems to come there every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So one of the things that I noticed about this movie on this watch was that the world sort of starts and stops at this beach. Yeah, we never leave the... The audience never leaves the, the lake. The audience never leaves, but we also don't find out any information about really... Like, except for... Uh, who was Franck's friend that he... Oh, was, Henri. Henri. Uh, Henri. Uh, we know a little bit about his life outside there, but really only his romantic life. Right. Uh, and that he's a logger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Franck, we don't know anything about his day life. Right. Except that he seems to have all the free time in the world to come to this nudie <laughs> yeah. beach. He said, like, there's a line, a, a throwaway line. It's like, oh, I did something with vegetables. <laughs> okay. God, you but, can just make a living doing anything in France, can't you? But yeah, so that means, I mean, that's sort of like a play on the title, right? Like, any of these people is kind of a stranger well, I was thinking about to the, us. I was thinking about the title and who it was referring to. Whether yeah. it was Frank or is it uh, Michael? M- yeah, Michelle. Michelle. Or is it just saying that you are stranger by the lake? Yeah. Like you become oh. more strange as you near the lake. Well, yeah. In French, it's l'inconnu du lac, which means like the unknown of the lake. Oh, okay. The unknown person of the lake. I see that degree of yours is finally paying I off. I know. <laughs> Dig that out of the toilet. <laughs> There's a plunger. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that, that, that's something that this movie kind of kind of plays with a little bit is what is the... What does it mean to be a stranger, and who who is it referring to in the title? Mm-hmm. It's not clear. So let's say you're the actor playing, we'll say Frank. Okay. Would you be like? Would you call up mom? Hey mom, I'm in a movie. <laughs> you got to come to the premiere. Much like how I didn't show my parents my hump video, I doubt <laughs> I would want them to see this movie. <laughs> but I mean, this is like an award-winning movie. Yeah, it was nominated for eight. César Awards, which is the French version of the Academy Awards. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think he won, like, they have a category called, like, Most Promising Actor, which, what does that mean? Exactly. Uh, Yeah, it's probably, like, Best New Artist at the Grammys or something. Yeah. Well, Which is usually a death wish for the (laughs) artists who win. I know. Not a, mm, you don't want to win that one. It's funny because it's like, yeah, there's sex um, and there's lots of male nudity, mm-hmm. but it's like there are moments when it doesn't feel sexual. It just feels natural. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's not treated in this exploitative way. Sure. Really. It's just sort of like they're at a nude beach, so they're going to be naked. Yeah. And uh, except when they're fucking and then it's like, oh, yeah, let's watch that. <laughs> so I don't know. It's kind of kind of both. There. Yeah. The sex is pretty hot. Like, they- And it's unsimulated yeah the way that it's angled it could be like uh with like nymphomaniac the Lars von Trier movie oh, yeah they said it was about some body doubles for, like, yeah where they would like cg the actors faces onto some porn stars mm. or they would have you know stunt cocks yeah for those sorts of things 
and watching it this time i was like oh no it's it's like just it's very well angled that like it's hard to tell you know like you're seeing someone's chin as they're you know filleting another person it's like well they're actually filleting someone but whether or not it's the same actor yeah i mean there's still a real cum shot in this movie yeah it's crazy I forgot about that. I know this is going to sound funny, ha- like freshly off this movie. I'd forgotten how gay this movie was. <laughs> like, I knew that it was about cruising at a lake and a murder happens. It's uh-huh. like sort of like blow up in this respect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, or blow out, depending on your frame of reference. Sure. But once it started going up again, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of dicks in this movie. And there's even a problem like, oh, I can see like uh, Frank's butthole here. Yeah. Like, how he's sitting. And then we get to like an actual cum shot, and I'm like, oh, and there's like real time sex. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can you imagine if there was an American remake <laughs> that won eight Academy Awards? <laughs> <laughs> we and we don't just get like one type of gay sex. Meryl get... Streep as Frank. <laughs> I mean, the first sex we see is a rim job. Oh yeah, nothing. Nothing's hotter than a mustachioed man looking over some guy's butt to like <laughs> wink at you. <laughs> It is hot though. <laughs> I and think that was also quite the mustache. That was yeah. like that was a full selic right there. Yeah, every, every review I read of this compared him to '80s Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was sort of unavoidable. Like that's what he looked like. Yeah, he kind of looks like. That's what he looks like. More handsome though. Yeah, I would. I mean, ugh, I can't blame Frank at all for wanting to fuck that guy. Oh it's yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yes. I would absolutely. And so oh, so that's kind of the crux of this movie, too, is like it sort of is exploring lust and how it can be kind of nihilistic in a way, too, because he full on knows that this dude is a killer, mm-hmm. that he killed, drowned somebody, mm-hmm. but he's still into him. Yeah. And he still fucks him. And still Not makes a deal breaker him. for Frank. It's just like, oh, I, I get it. <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation like that where it's like, I shouldn't be doing this, but you do it anyway? It's like if someone said that they were libertarian, I'm like, deal breaker. <laughs> oh, you killed someone? Uh, so are we going back to my place or what? <laughs> yeah, we know you don't have problems with murder. <laughs> I also kind of feel that that's sort of a metaphor for like HIV in uh, a gay movie without being explicit about it. Well, I was wondering what the time period was for this movie. Yeah, it seems like... It was, 90s, I would say. It was hard to tell by the cars. Right. Because there was like, I'm like, is that a Geo or is that like a four or a American Motor Company Gremlin or yeah, something? Yeah, they were all French cars. So it's like, what's a Peugeot doing over there? I don't know. I don't know anything about those. Yeah. So it, it was hard to tell. As everyone's naked, they're not exactly like carrying around cell phones. Yes. They do get dressed a little bit. We see a little bit of clothes here and there, which kind of read but 90s it's to me. Jean shorts, loose button ups. Like, it's nothing that you could really pin a time period to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just hard to tell. At first, I was like, Jean shorts at the beach. Like, what are you doing? But I was like, oh, there's not a lot of sand here. It's, it's a rocky beach. Yeah, there were shoes on there, too. What was the explanation for like him? taking such a shine to Henri. Well, he he comes over to him. The first scene is like, hey, I I haven't seen you around here. I thought I'd just talk. And and Frank just kind of strikes me as like somebody who wants to strike up a conversation with anybody. Like, Mm. it seems like he's just there to kind of make friends and socialize. Mm. But then like, I guess they just sort of hit it off. It doesn't really feel that way, though. 
No, I mean... Because he has other friends on the beach, too. There's that one other kind of cute guy who's always, like, coming up and kisses on both cheeks. Oh, yeah, which... And, that, to me, seemed like a long-standing friendship or something. Yeah, and they hang out after the beach. Like, they go and get dinner and do yeah. drinks and stuff. And he asks Henri to go get a drink. And, and dinner Yeah, at some and point. It, it sounds like they did hang out, but... I'm not sure. There, there's a little ambiguity because Franck invites Henri to dinner, mm-hmm. and then the next time you see him, it's like, oh, let, let's get a, uh, let's get dinner again. Like my treat this time. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there is the implication that they did get dinner, but you know, it doesn't seem like that was an extension of the friendship. Almost like it, it feels like if it didn't happen at the beach, it didn't really happen. Right. I don't really know the nature of their friendship. Honestly, I don't know the nature of any of these people's lives outside of the lake. Yeah. Like, we just don't get any of that. Well, there's an attractive imbalance between the two of them, but that doesn't stop Michelle from becoming jealous. Right. And they both acknowledge that they're not interested in fucking each other. Yeah. Like, I couldn't make that uh, declaration. <laughs> Henri's like, I just, I, my heart beats really fast when you come and hang out with me, but I don't want to fuck yeah, you. Yeah. He's got like a non sexual crush yeah. on Franck. And I guess Franck's kind of the same way. Yeah, maybe a little. I mean, one one conversation about giant catfish, and it's just like we are best buds. Is that what uh, so, what was? Oh that? yeah, I looked it up. That's what I wanted my phone. Here. I thought it was gonna be a snake or something. No, it's just like a giant catfish. Oh, because they, while they were talking about it, is when you first see Michelle come out of the water. Yeah. And I thought that was an implication that he was a snake in the water. Oh, Silurus, Silurus. Yeah. This, they get huge, like. Oh damn! Yeah, it's like a twenty foot fish. <laughs> they're big. Well, yeah, because they were talking about like twelve feet seems unreasonable, and someone said that they saw. Yeah. Holy shit! So like, I wouldn't want to brush up against something like that in the lake either. Like, yeah. That's creepy and. Ugh. Yeah. I guess it's sort of like there's a difference between, you know, you can have people that satisfy that friend itch that you don't want to fuck, and mm. people that you just want to fuck that don't satisfy that friend itch. And it can be, and Frank seem, can't seem to find a middle ground. No, yeah. <laughs> Boy, all this talking about this movie just makes me want to grip this huge beer and drink it. <laughs> I just feel like putting something big in my hands right now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of dicks. Um, <laughs> Some would say this movie's Hitchcockian. <laughs> I would. I'm glad you brought up Hitchcock because I was thinking about him while watching this movie. You know, he has that famous thing about talking about how to build tension in movies where it's like you could have people sitting around talking about baseball for five minutes and a bomb goes off and it's like you have that one moment of excitement. Whereas if you tell the audience that there's a bomb, but the people inside that are talking about baseball don't know about it, it's a very tense scene, right? Yeah, yeah. For that whole five minutes rather than just when the bomb goes off. And this movie builds tension in kind of strange ways, like, there's no music. There's no soundtrack to this movie. No. It's all just, like, natural sounds. Um, wind blowing a lot. Yeah. is You know, wind blowing through the trees somehow takes on this ominous vibe to it. Whenever we see shots of the wind being really strong, it's kind of like something bad is going on. Okay. It also kind of gives me the vibe that maybe it's not the warmest summer there. <laughs> like, I don't know. It makes me feel cold thinking about it, but... This director, who, God, I'm going to mangle this, Alain Guarodi. Just put that degree right back in the toilet. <laughs> he does some cool, he's a really good audiovisual storyteller. Like, this movie doesn't 
move the plot along with dialogue you know yeah yeah like it's all things you see like it's punctuated with all these shots of where people park their cars and there's an effective moment when after the murder Franck leaves and he sees the red Peugeot in the parking lot at yeah. night and then he comes back the next day and the car is still there yeah and then also that same idea is there like once they find the body Franck shows up and there's no cars in the parking lot mm. so uh you know that just like it immediately tells you something is up, right? Like, without having to be so literal about it. Yeah. I mean, really, most of the dialogue is just sort of small talk. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, just real-time, you know, either bedroom talk or, you know, small talk that you would actually make with a stranger. Yeah. But then it's, like, intercut with just sort of ominous portent. Yeah. And it's weird because it's, like, I don't know exactly how the ominousness comes about because it's like fucking m night Shyamalan tried to do that in what was it, the happening and it's oh. like you can't make trees blowing in the wind look scary but for some reason it is in this movie and i don't know what the difference is yeah i guess there's sort of a naturalism that like it's unpredictable maybe that mm-hmm. there, there's not necessarily a rhyme or reason to it uh assuming that he just let nature take its course and like when the wind blows there wasn't just some big fan you know behind the camera but yeah like maybe that's a, just capturing natural looking elements like natural wind mm-hmm. you know maybe it's that, that that thing like we can tell when you just have a fan t- to the side of the camera blowing like that wind doesn't look natural yeah but like this wind looked very natural so it suddenly became more believable i was thinking that too also because the sound design like when the there's one time when the car is pulling up and it's really windy mm-hmm. and you hear the car driving on the gravel and it looks like or at least to me, it sounds like the actual like on-set sound of mm-hmm. the car driving up. So if there was a fan on, you wouldn't be able to record that. Mm-hmm. So that tells me it was really windy that day. I don't okay. know. Um, I still don't know how that translates to ominous, but it is. It <laughs> okay. comes across that way to me. <laughs> There's something really hypnotic about swimming. Like watching someone swim and hearing it, especially in this movie, because he's not like you know, trying to race across the lake when he's swimming. Mm-hmm. But there's just sort of like a gentle rhythm to it, not terribly fast. And then just like the sound that goes along with it of like the water yeah. kind of splashing and like, you know, hitting the water and just like the swishing around. I don't know. I found it very relaxing. There is like kind of a languid vibe going on with this movie. But um, if you meet the movie on its own terms, it actually feels well-paced. It's just a slower movie. Yeah. You, know, you just got to be prepared for like uh cigarettes let's say you just got to be ready to hear something that's going to take a little while to build topical reference thank you <laughs> but yeah uh, i mean the first time i watched it i actually didn't it's not that i didn't care for it but i just wasn't wowed by it but i think a lot of it was that i wasn't prepared for how much of a slow burn it was mm. because this time around especially when i was uh when it gets to the scene where Franck and Michelle are swimming. Yeah. And there's just sort of implication that uh, Franck might be next. Yeah. And the first time I saw it, like, I think I was either just, like, fed up with the slowness or something, but it was just, like, woo, over my head. (laughs) Like, it it didn't really dawn on me, like, how problematic uh, or what a a pickle (laughs) Franck had gotten himself into. Um, phrasing? (laughs) And watching it this time, 
like my heart started racing i was like yeah. oh god even though i knew how the movie ended i was like ah. and that's why i think this movie is kind of like a perfect metaphor for hiv right like mm. because you may know that this person you're sleeping with could kill you yeah but the desire and longing for that kind of connection is still there so you do it anyway and there's also like a line there's more to it than that that makes me think that this is you know a like metaphor how for frank that. never uses condoms yeah he's like he doesn't care no he don't care but also there's a line he has when he's talking to the the uh inspector yeah detective uh because the detective's like you know i just want to see you show some concern like why Mm. did you come to the beach like two days later after somebody drowned here and he's like i've got to get on with my life yeah we can't stop living okay yeah and that's like a perfect metaphor for to me for like people dying of aids yeah I can so, see that, yeah. Uh, People not changing their lifestyle because of a horrendous tragedy that's, yeah. you know, and you affecting have, the you community. Know, and you think about, like, if you think of the inspector as, like, society at large looking at, you know, gays and being like, well, why don't you just not have sex and you don't have to worry about it? <laughs> and it's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, that would then fit in if this was, like, maybe early 90s or something like that. Because it was clear that people were concerned about the transmitting of, you know, STIs. Yeah. Because there's, like, a scene where, like, you, like, see, like, a bunch of condom wrappers on the ground and stuff like that. And that one dude, that first dude that Frank hooks up with, he won't let him even give him a blowjob without a condom. Crude. Who does that? Yeah. Apparently Jay-Z. What? Yeah. Apparently he fucking wraps it up for blowjobs gross i know right? who'd want to go down on a on a condom i just can't. who'd want to get gone down on <laughs> yeah like god come on jay-z give it up <laughs> jay-z prude <laughs> you heard it here first ear witness news <laughs> get to use that drop again <laughs> But yeah, and also just like the ending also kind of like speaks to the inability to let your reason take over when lust is involved, you know, because like he's, it ends, here's the ending, everyone, spoiler alert, uh, (laughs) Henri gets killed. And so Franck finds this out, He, he got killed by Michelle. And so Michelle starts chasing him. And in the dark, it like the sun sets and Michelle is calling out for Franck being like, okay, I will, I want to be with you. Like, I'll go home with you. We can have dinner at your house. I'll even stay the night, which is something that Franck's been angling for the whole time. And then a uh, long period of silence. And then Franck's like, Michelle? Quietly at first and then louder and louder. Because, like, he just can't get over this serial killer, I guess. I mean, did you ever watch uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin? Yes. There was nothing in that movie that made me not want to bang, uh, was it Ezra Miller? Is that his name? Something like that, yeah. Nothing in there deterred my attraction to him. So I can sympathize a lot with Frank's plight. Yeah, I mean, I can too. I, which is, I'll, I will so die by a serial killer. <laughs> I would. 
God, like if Ted Bundy hit on me, I'd be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, so handsome. And uh, what's Jeffrey Dahmer? I get it. Like, fuck. All right. Let's get real here. Okay. Got to keep it 100. Sociopathic tendencies aside, who would you go to the woods with? Franck or Michelle? You can only choose one? Yeah. No lover's delight here. You cannot be the Ryan Meat in the Franck Michelle sandwich. Damn it. Do I know that uh, Michelle killed the dude? No. No. Uh, yeah, I'd fuck Michelle. Okay. Yeah. You just love a guy with a hairy chest and a mustache? Yeah, and the way he, the way, like when they make out for the first time, it's kind of hot. I totally got a boner. <laughs> and it was, I wasn't looking at Franck. I'm sorry. I was, no. I was just noticing the way that uh, Michelle's lips moved. And I was like, well, his mouth is so much bigger than Frank's. He just like swallowed him. Yeah. He's also, he's also a versatile. Yeah. He, he likes both. And it's yeah. great. <laughs> <sighs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Take another swig there, man. Oh. Is, it, is it hot in here? <laughs> Whew. Uh, how about you? Uh, I'd, I'd have to go with team Frank. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean that. I mean it's a win-win situation. It is a win-win situation. Like if Michelle was hitting me at a, at a bar, I'd be like, "I'm gonna close out my tab, and we're gonna get out of here." Yeah. But yeah, uh, Frank. I don't know. Just like even when I saw him from afar, I was just like the slender frame, jean shorts. Mm-hmm. Well, also <laughs> a couple weeks ago we were getting fa. Okay. And I walked out of the bathroom. And I was like, "Oh man, who's that scrawny redhead?" Oh, it's Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, you have a type. So, yeah, I have to go with Franck. Why can't I just be in the sandwich? <laughs> I would like to be the lucky Pierre of this group. <laughs> Appropriate since they're French. One of the rogues gallery at the beach uh, mentions how it's like, oh, from what I hear, you'll you'll hop on anything or something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. He just kind of gives it away, I guess. Yeah, Frank lets that... So, lurker, jerker, Eric mm-hmm. uh, gets to blow him just by being persistent, basically. So, like, I'm a firm believer in not being afraid of being told no, but usually when I get that no, I go on my merry way. Yeah, me too. Eric is, like, one of those, like, let's... Yeah, let me... Yeah, uh, what about now? Like, Yeah. And <sighs> he's, like, he's just kind of gropey. I, I hate it when people touch me without getting permission mm-hmm. you know so like the way he touches Frank, i'm just like come on dude like it's no means no and i'm kind <laughs> of pissed at Frank yes. for letting him do it yeah because yeah. he's like fine blow me and it's like the saddest blow job because then he, <laughs> he doesn't seem up. to be enjoying himself that much no neither of them do and then he finishes up and then he's like shakes his hand and walks away anyway uh, I don't want to yuck anybody's yummy. <laughs> I'm really working on that. But, I mean, if nobody really seems to be enjoying themselves, it's like they got the wheels in motion, and it would just be awkward if they turned back now. Yeah. And so I feel like it's okay to, to sort of yuck this, because nobody's really finding it yummy, like parties included. It's like when you when you start making dinner, and then you realize, like, ugh, I don't want this, but... <laughs> already started making it i may as well finish it uh yeah something like that i knew i should have uber eats mcdonald's (laughs) (laughs) it's not too late (laughs) oh man 
I just really like uh, I like the mood of this movie. I like the the sex. I like that it's unapologetically gay. I like the metaphors, and I like the playing with POV. I was gonna say like we we've gone gay before, like Bound, Celluloid Closet, Miller's Crossing has the gay yeah, element bad to education. it. Bad education. Uh, but I don't think we've gone truly homosexual <laughs> until this movie. There's not a woman to be seen. Yeah, this is this is pure dude. And it's also kind of presented like, this is just what we do. Like, yeah. we're all sluts and, you know, get used to it. <laughs> I think that that's partially why, like, the, the sound, quote unquote, soundtrack serves this film of just, like, nature sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's trying to present that, like, this is natural kind of yeah. thing. And not only, like, the sexual acts, but also, like, the desire for lust and companionship and, you know, that kind of stuff. I dated someone for a, a hot second who used to work at Castle Sex Store, mm-hmm. and he said that one of the bigger fetishes in the gay community was uh, outdoor sex. Mm. That you know that's why you saw like all those like vintage Falcon videos like take place outdoors, yeah. especially like in an older generation. Like that was a big thing. Like they really you know fantasized and fetishized that. So you know it doesn't surprise me when I hear about these like cruising spots in the outdoors, like. Yeah. It doesn't interest me, but like I'm not gonna shame it if that's what people want to do. Yeah, I can kind of see the appeal. Sure. I also dated someone who like always wanted to like go on a big hike mm. into some secluded area and then have sex out there. Oh, okay. Sadly, it never came to pass. But why not? Logistics. Uh, yeah, it was like kind of something we planned on doing, and then it just time ran out. Mm. Especially if you're doing anal sex, you got to <laughs> be prepared. Like Frank must show up to the beach like. Cleaned out, ready to go. Just, I mean, he comes every day, so I would imagine that his fiber regimen is strict. Uh, Does does his enema, drives to the beach. He's like not eating anything until I get fucked. That's why he's so eager all the time. He's like, I am starving. (laughs) I I didn't clean out for nothing. (laughs) <laughs> a coworker of mine who works at another gay bar in town uh, said that one time he was working and these two guys came in and there was nobody there. And one of them was wearing a shirt that said, I hosed out for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, that was your fashion choice. huh? <laughs> I want that shirt. <laughs> anyway, that strikes me as a shirt that Frank could wear. <laughs> Anyway, overall, I really like this movie. Um, yeah, and this was this was better on rewatch, or at least watching it with a more analytical lens. Yeah, you kind of have to meet it halfway. A yeah, bit. and I think that was sort of my problem. Is like I heard it was like this erotic thriller, which it is, but it's not an erotic thriller the way that Basic Instinct is an erotic thriller right. or Fatal it Attraction. The, it doesn't necessarily have the entertainment value. That yeah, this, those do. This is more of like. An erotic thriller that's aiming for capital A art. Yeah, yeah. It's uh like our very first movie, also in French. Mm. A beautifully photographed slow paced french french ponder fest movie <laughs>
Just felt like bringing it back full circle before our 50th episode. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, the big 5 Fuck. <laughs> That's insane. Entering midlife crisis mode now. Oh, my God. So, but, I mean, let's celebrate. I Because th- it's going to be a... D- <laughs> It is going to be a double feature, and you know we have some standards at this podcast. We have some some rules, yes, but some rules were meant to be broken. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. So we have uh, touted our indie cred for 49 episodes. <laughs> we. Uh, we refuse to do anything that's too well known, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, much to the chagrin of our listenership. And yeah. this time around, we feel that it's the big five zero. We're gonna celebrate in style. Yeah, this is a gift to you, the listener. Basically, we're You're welcome. Talk, we're gonna talk about something you've probably seen. Possibly, there is a good chance that you've at least heard of the movies <clears throat> we will be talking about next week. Mm-hmm. What are they? We don't know yet, because we are doing AFI Roulette, where we are going to let a random number generator choose the movies for us. We're going to look at the um, AFI's top 100 list, specifically, I guess we didn't talk about this, I want to do from the 2007 updated list. Okay. I'm talking about the one that ends with Ben-Hur. Um, so starting with Citizen Kane, ending with Ben-Hur. So we have two vetoes that we can use. Right. That has to be used on the pair of movies. You can't veto one movie you don't like. It's got to shut down the whole thing. Yeah. So it could be a real Sophie's Choice. Do, is there anything that you're hoping to see? Uh, Sophie's Choice. <laughs> that on there number 91 what if we get like titanic i gladly watch titanic i would watch totally fine with that i have four hours this week though (laughs) so i mean it'd be fun to talk about something like alfred hitchcock or i'd love to see the glass picture so again yeah great movie no i mean most of these movies i'm fine with but there's just a couple on here that i really i just don't care i don't want to watch the sound of music again (laughs) no finally a movie that shows who the real victims of World War II are. <laughs> Rich white Austrians. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch that. Also, I just watched Spartacus like nine oh, months yeah. ago. <laughs> don't need to sit through that again. All right, should we jump in? Should we Should we take a spin? All right, Vanna. Movie number one is... 50. 50 is... The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. <laughs> and movie number two is 51. West Side Story. <laughs> Vito. <laughs> Are you, okay, so you're sure this is yeah, the one you want to use? Yeah, <laughs> I am so sure. I, I'm barely a Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> like, I appreciate the craft. But I'm not gonna commit myself to that and then top it off with a musical that I'm lukewarm on. So no, veto. All right, all right. 
Are these so these two picks are they eliminated from from here? So if we get it, if we get them again, would that's a spin again? No. Okay. <laughs> they can come back to haunt us. <sighs> what if our next spin is fifty and fifty-one again? Well, then I would have wasted my veto. <laughs> All right. Eight. Eight. Oh, that's that's high. Schindler's List. <laughs> no. Schindler's List and. Two. The Godfather. <sighs> it would be fun to talk about The Godfather. I don't want to watch Schindler's List again, though. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna bring down The Godfather because you don't want to watch a bunch of innocent Jews being slaughtered <laughs> in black and white. It's not even black and white. There's the girl in the pink jacket. I can see it in your face. Vito. Ah. Oh. I'm not watching that. No. Fine film. I don't want to watch it, though. That was a perfectly acceptable duo. Sorry. And now we're going to be stuck with whatever comes up next. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Ninety-four. Pulp Fiction. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> the stakes have never been higher. <laughs> oh my god, what is the next one gonna be? Sixty-nine. Oh. Tootsie! Our double feature for episode 50. Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction and... Let's <laughs> see. Oh my god. Do you want to plug our junk? Let's plug our junk. Check out our new website. It's xratedmovies.com. You can find all our episodes and also some information about us. Uh, yeah, apparently I'm who Rupert Holmes wrote the Pina Colada song <laughs> after. Well, you don't like people who are into yoga. I got a crush on one of my teachers. Oh, okay. Uh, and you love Pina Coladas. <laughs> like, review, rate, subscribe on the iTunes. I think it's called Apple Podcasts now. Sure. If you want to reach out and touch us uh, <laughs> with permission, with words. you know how Ryan <laughs> feels about that. I'm giving you that permission <laughs> on Twitter at xratedmovies. Also, we have an email account x.rated.movies at gmail.com. And yeah, be here next week. It's going to be a doozy. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.